Are you interested in building water features professionally? Whether you have an existing contracting business or are looking for a fun and profitable side hustle, then you found the perfect podcast to follow. I'm Greg Whitstock, the Pond Guy, founder of Aquascape Inc., and this is my podcast. Each 20-minute episode profiles the journey of a successful certified Aquascape contractor whose best practices you can emulate. I love my job, and here's how you can too. All right, we are joined by Jonathan Marston, Falling Waterscapes, out of the Boston, Massachusetts area. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, Greg. How are you? Well, I'm excited because uh, I was looking forward to this podcast because, what are you, 26 now, Jonathan? 27. 27. 27. Okay, well, you're getting old. You're getting closer to me at 50. So <laughs> you're, a, you're a young up-and-comer. Uh, you have an interesting journey of how you became a pond guy uh, that I think our listeners would love to hear. So if you wouldn't mind, uh, give us the story of Jonathan Marston and Falling Waterscapes. Sure. So it really goes back to when I was a kid. I remember something along the lines of my mom getting into a motorcycle accident and then wanting a pond as part of her her healing. So she had a hip replacement and an ACL surgery. And I remember just during that time, this transformation going on in our backyard with a koi pond. And I always loved building stuff as a kid. So a few years after that was built, I ended up designing an internship for myself as part of a way to get out of school and high school, out of class in high school. And Love it. the contractor who had originally built that pond, it was an Aquascape ecosystem pond, had left an Aquascape DVD, the 20 steps, how to, how to build an ecosystem. So I used that exposure to the pond in my own backyard, plus that DVD to create this, this internship for myself that, was really just me building a water feature for my grandparents to get out of class. <laughs> I love it. And then so you, that was that was that was ten years ago. Yeah. So I didn't realize how much I would end up loving water features, but it really tapped into to something that I just had a passion for, which was building and designing things. As I was looking for careers, um, I saw kind of two options: either being a, a contractor and builder who built someone else's designs or becoming an architect where you get to design, but you never get to to pound a nail. And with water features, you get the best of both worlds. So after high school, I ended up going out to Squamish, British Columbia for school. And the program there was great because they let me kind of create my own major. And I ended up doing it around water features. And that opportunity allowed me to actually intern with a CAC, Marcel Kohler of Streamworks, who is a very good friend and, and my mentor to this day. And it also allowed me to continue designing classes for myself, for myself where I could build water features. And one such included my final undergrad thesis project where I built an ecosystem pond in the center of campus right between the academic building and the student residence. You know, I, uh, I'm a bit jelly because, of course, my major was interpersonal communication, which was, which was fine for me back in the day. But, of course, I would have loved to uh, have uh, built water features for my college degree. That's a pretty unique experience and uh, pretty awesome because you not only um, uh, interned with uh, Marcel for your you, – you actually – how long were you actually with Marcel? Was it a year? How long were you up there working with him out in the field? Yeah, so it was on and off. It was 
the springtime of my junior year and then the fall of, of my senior year. And mm-hmm. that fall of my senior year is when I built that final, uh, that final project, that water feature up, up on campus. And I think the first time we met was when you came with Marcel to Pondemonium. What year was that? Yeah, so that was 2015, and that was mm-hmm. probably the most influential part of my, my water feature journey. So I remember okay. when I first started interning with Marcel, it might have been the first day he said to me, he goes, Jonathan, if you're really serious about water features, you have to go to Pondemonium. And I think it was that night, or if not that night, within 48 hours that I signed up for Pondemonium. And I was a college kid at the time. I didn't have a whole mm-hmm. lot of money, but I realized, look, I, I, I know this is what I want to be doing. I just need the exposure to it. So mm-hmm. I, I pulled the trigger on that, and that experience was, was huge for me. It, I, I'm, I'm assuming besides, you know, all the great classes and everything else, you just saw that this was an industry that you could potentially, you know, you wouldn't be alone having a career in. Oh, totally. Yeah. No, I saw plenty of opportunities to, to make the career meaningful on multiple levels. Uh, from working with, working with people who are trying to create their personal sanctuary to working with other people around me who want to use their hands and use their creativity to the fullest potential. So take us now to what, Dover, Mass. Why don't you have an accent, by the way? <laughs> that's, that's more the, the inner city of Boston. We're about, uh, about 30 minutes west of, of the city. My, my dad's family has it, though. They grew up in the city, although he's lost it a little bit. So take us, give us the current day status of, uh, I know you're a, a one-man band, or maybe you've got a couple guys that work with you. I'm not sure today, but talk, talk about your current business operations. You know, you work from the home. You've got a little off-site place. Talk a little bit about how you went back and started flying waterscapes then after you graduated college and got your internship done with uh, Marcel up in Canada. Sure. So I think my story is pretty relatable to, to anybody who just wants to start out and is by themselves right now. So you're, you're correct. I'm still a, a one-man show, but I rely pretty heavily on some talented independent contractors who I've been working with for a few years now. I have a, a machine operator, and I have a, a general handy, handy guy who does a little bit of masonry and a little bit of landscaping work. And for my projects, I try to, try to b- bring them in. But on this year, you know, the trades have been going crazy with, with everybody staying home due to COVID, and it's been tough because the, I've had so much business. We're, just, we're at about $256,000 on the year, but those guys I've been relying on, uh, they've been out straight as, as well, so it's been harder to get a hold, hold of them. So this year, my obstacle really hasn't been getting the business, the marketing has been there, and I've been able to sell a lot. It's been completing the jobs in a, in a timely manner. So starting out and having that, the flexibility of being a one-man show and not having a ton of overhead is great. It really allows me to make a lot of different decisions. But at the same time, it comes, comes a point when it's quite limiting, and, and I'm there right now. I'm feeling the, the growing pains pretty hard because there was a lot more on the table for this season, I think. So talk a little bit about how you sell. Talk a little bit about, you know, how you operate because, you know, I think I, I saw one of your videos where you were, you know, strapping up the rocks, getting back on the machine, setting the rock, ongoing, unstrapping the rock. I mean, just talk a little bit about, uh, you know, how you get your business, how you, how you do your jobs, and, you know, how you basically operate as a one-man band that pretty successfully is going to, you know, hit a quarter million dollars in sales. 
Yeah, so I, I guess the best place to start with that is how we get our business. And the first couple of years was, was tough for me because I didn't have the marketing in place. But after going to, uh, going to multiple pandemoniums and going to the Aquascape Academy where I got the operations manual, I saw where Aquascape was getting a lot of their leads. And you guys get you, – you kill it when it comes to the aqua gardens at Aqualand as well as displays. So I knew I, I had to do a display feature. So I ended up doing a, a really elaborate display in an affluent town and a highly visible place in that town. Um, it's right in the center – next to a Dunkin' Donuts that everybody comes to and sees. So that feature has generated about 75% of my leads this year, which has been great. And the rest have been coming through my, my website and word of mouth. But in the first couple of years, it was, it was really slow. That feature has, has really launched me, and I'm, I'm looking to do another display now as well moving forward. But in terms of doing the work, it is tough. I, I think I sent you a video this summer after um, I, I was on a job site alone, and I had to hop out of the machine, strap the boulder, hop back in the machine, lift it, and then put it down pretty close to where I wanted to and, and jump back out again. So there's a lot of back and forth by myself. Um, but on the really large jobs, you don't need a whole lot to be able to do um, an amazing feature. And I'm able to do a lot with one guy in a machine with really large stones. But the only reason that I'm able to do that really is because of all of the, the help I've had from Aquascape and other, other CACs. Uh, I feel like I've, I've learned a lot in a short period of time due to all the information you guys provide. Well, you've actually, that's a good segue. You've, you've done a good job taking advantage of uh, uh, you know, the resources like pandemonium and whatnot. Uh, what advice would you give somebody else? I mean, you're a young man yourself at 27. You know, what advice would you give somebody who wants this as a career, wants to make this as a career? What, uh, what's your best advice for somebody, you know, wanting to succeed in this? I'd say it, it boils down to, to being a student, getting the student mindset. Um, that's one of the most valuable things I, I think I got from school was that, you know, how to learn. So I've taken that approach to the water feature industry. When I was first learning about this stuff, I, had, I looked at a, a DVD, and there wasn't a whole lot of YouTube videos on Aquascape, but I would study them. There was, I believe, it's probably seven years old, but How to Build a Pondless Waterfall with Ed and Brian. I must, I must have watched that a hundred times and would try to look for the the, the softer skills that are harder to teach, the artistry, and just continually watch that over and over again. Now today, you have Greg the Pond Guy's video blog, Team Aquascape, Ed the Prom Professor. There's so many more resources out there for anybody wanting to learn this that there's no excuse not to. Just get in the student mindset, watch those videos, and take advantage of things like pandemonium where you can not only get some hands-on training, but meet people who are doing it right. Because when it came, or other businessmen, because when it came to me growing the business side of things, I had no idea what the difference was between gross profit and net profit. When my, I went to my first pandemonium, but there was businessmen there who were able to teach me. And I actually remember thinking I knew it all at that first pandemonium and going to a coffee table with Tom Reaver, who was 
kind of one of the business coaches there, and mm-hmm. he put the question to the group. He said, can someone tell me what gross profit is? And I raised my hand thinking I, I knew it, and uh, I gave an answer, and, and he just looked at me, paused, and said, nope, not it, and asked somebody else. So <laughs> it, was, it was humbling because it's, it's not a complicated, it's not a complicated <laughs> idea, but, yeah, yeah, it was uh, – <laughs> it taught me well, a lot. Two things, and then, two things about that story that I like. Uh, one, that uh, you can admit now that you thought you knew everything, and, uh, but you didn't. And, of course, the older you get, the more you realize what you don't know, right? And, uh, two, you were confident enough to raise your hand and then, you know, take the constructive uh, feedback and uh, go actually back and, and start to work on the things that you thought you knew but you didn't. Totally. And um, I took that to the, to the next step because he offered additional resources mm-hmm. to the Contractors Sales Academy, and that really taught me how to, how to sell. And it, it gave me immense confidence talking to people in that place who are mostly, I think, 95% CACs um, because I was, in the beginning, selling projects that were probably ten dollars to $15,000. And I went from doing a $15,000 job to selling a $90,000 job after going to that sales academy. And mm. so I don't, I don't think I can, I can credit that with everything, but I was able to take a process and apply it to an awesome opportunity that landed on my lap. And I really credit that build to giving me confidence that I can make this work as a, as a business. Or it was the, the, the personal test for myself that proved to me this, this can be something big. Yeah, that's really cool. And I remember when I visited your display at the Dunkin' Donuts, you told me a story about when, I think it was you and your buddy, you looked at the building attached to the Dunkin' Donuts and you said, someday I want to have my, my, an office there. What, what, what was that story? I'm not actually, I don't remember exactly how it went, but I remember you saying that and now you actually have it. So talk a little bit about it. <laughs> yeah, good, good memory, Greg. So I made my display feature in the town that I grew up in. And as a kid, across, across the street from that Dunkin' Donuts was, uh, was a marketplace. And we'd always go there and, and have ice cream and grab snacks and then sit out front. And depending on our age, we would fantasize about having our own business. So we went through a biking phase, and we would look across the street and go, that's going to be our bike shop one day. And then we got a little bit older and wanted a place to hang out and said, that's going to be our diner. We're going to have awesome live music there and everything. And it was always the source of our fantasies. And it kind of crazy that it actually became my, my office space for a short time and now my, my full-time display. So it's, uh, it's kind of crazy how things end up working out. Yeah, so that's a perfect segue to our last section. What do you love about your job? When I first started out, I loved the, the creative outlet. But it, it quickly changed because as I started building for people and seeing how they use their water features, all these stories started to, to emerge for me. And it made me realize that we're kind of authors of people's sanctuaries in their backyard and designing experiences for them to be outside, to be with family. And while every job has its story, there's one that just really stands out to me. And it's a project you visited. The feature is about 100 feet long, really large stream, uh, a big pond. And the client is a, a woman who mostly lives by herself, 
but she wanted to design a space for her whole family to enjoy. She has uh, an elderly father who loves fish. She has a daughter that wants to get married in the backyard one day. And she has little grandchildren that she wants to teach an appreciation for nature and also make them want to come to, to grandma's house. And so when we were building it, we put the water feature, the pond portion, right up against the patio so her dad can feed the fish from there without having to, to venture out into the yard. When it came to creating the stream, we put a really nice flat bridge over some of the largest waterfalls so that her daughter could get pictures there during the wedding and maybe even say her vows there. And then when it came to her grandchildren, we made the stones in the stream really interactive. We made a lot of flat destination stones and then put in a couple of floating stepping stones that would encourage them to want to jump in between them and explore the water feature. And what's so cool is I come and do regular maintenance, and I've, I've put every rock down so I know when something's moved. And I always will see something moved in a little place telling me that, uh, her grandson Clark has been there and playing with the frogs or looking at the, the fish in some of the in the wetland filter, for instance. And I'll get texts from Sue saying how they're enjoying it together. So it's it's really cool, and and that just the intergenerational uh, stories that the water feature can create are, are pretty awesome. Well, and it, of course, it is the relationships. There's a different relationship that you get with. Uh, a water feature customer than a landscape customer because you're creating a lifestyle for them. You know, you say that water feature turns a house into a home. I just got mine. Did you see my new water feature at my house? I love it. I think that thing's awesome. It's so relatable. You can do that anywhere and make a huge impact. It's been fun because, you know, I obviously lived for 20 years with a, you know, giant recreation pod on four acres. Now I moved to a quarter acre, so I couldn't do that. But just put a small, intimate goldfish pond in the backyard and then incorporated, uh, you know, Brian's design. He incorporated the, the I'm looking at it right now, <laughs> the spears. And then what right. I really love is the color-changing lights and the app that I can control the pump on and control the lights on. And it's, uh, uh, of course, and then the fire rock, which is new for, for 2021, that, we, you know, I said a lot more. I, I make a lot more fires, quote-unquote, make with the fire rock than I did in my fire pit because all I got to do is push one button and it, it flicks it on, and it's just been uh, it's been fun myself being a, a pond owner again uh, and feeling that it, it, uh, excitement of seeing what was being created. I had a little bit of input into the design, but it was really a collaborative effort with the Chicago NCACs, and then of course Brian's vision of uh, uh, incorporating the the spears into the water feature, and then uh, what I think is nice about it, it's the formal edge with the informal backdrop. And, of course, I'm designing my, my future home out in Utah, and I'm flying actually on Monday there with Brian to start walking out the pond because the whole house is going to be designed around the pond. That's awesome, just like Aquatero was. Last question for you. Have you built your dad his pond yet? <laughs> no, I'm so behind with everything this year. I, I, I started doing a little bit yesterday. I finally gotten on top of a few things, and, our final job of the season got a little bit pushed. So I got some time. We'll, we'll see. <laughs> well, you have a very understanding dad to have all the backyard uh, ripped up and ready to put a water feature in. Uh, you're an inspiration as a young man who's doing spectacular work. And uh, I wish you nothing but the best. And thanks for sharing your wisdom, Jonathan. Thanks for the kind words, Greg. Appreciate it.
All right. Hey, that's over. So, so how is your dad? Uh, he's doing well. Uh, the business, he's still worried about. He's worried about his, yeah. his conference. But um, I think he's going he's gonna to figure out some way to you know, make it work. Well, he doesn't have a lot of overhead, obviously. Which is, yeah, that's great. Not having a lot of, a lot of bills up to pay every month helps. But, uh, yeah, yeah. That's, I, I think he's going to try to put more energy into the newsletter side of his business and try to make up for some of the losses on the conference and uh, through improving that. So I hope that works for him. So Aquascape is going through a bit of a little renaissance. Okay. We are uh, dialing back significantly um, our pond maintenance and um, also uh, the amount of projects that we take on. Mm-hmm. So this year, uh, we will, we're really close to hitting last year's numbers, um, but we didn't exceed last year's numbers because of COVID and everybody time somebody got a sniffle, they were gone for a week, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. We did four, we did 450 cleanouts and the, so we hit our cleanout budget, but instead of getting done in, you know, mid May, we got done in mid June and missed a month of building ponds because, you know, the construction guys were helping out with the maintenance guys and, because, you know, if, you know, we should have had six crews, but we averaged three crews, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, the, the local market is the R&D department. So, you know, if I, if I clean 450 ponds or I clean 250 ponds, I'm not learning, you know, anything different. So what we're going to yeah. do is we're only really going to do pond cleanouts for full-time maintenance contract customers that, you know, get weekly or monthly maintenance. And then we're going to turn over all the rest of the work to the local market CACs. Nice. Those guys are going to, are going to love that. Yeah, they are. And, um, and of course we need more of them because all of them are busy. You know, everyone's just busy, you know, cause it's, it's just busy. And so yeah. but what we're really focusing on, did you see my post about the, on the CAC page about the sandbox studio? Uh, I know of it because you've told me about it before, but not recently. Yeah, so we just – so, right, I, I, I'm building an $81,000 double-decker facade right now. I had to, It was 81000 bucks for them to build it. Wow. <laughs> that's, <laughs> I, a, that's epic. You know, lumber's more expensive, and just trying to find someone that can actually be competent to do it. we got a really good crew that's out there doing it. But, you know, carpenters are busy. Everybody's busy, right? It's home improvement type stuff. But, uh, yep. you know, I've got that – you know, over nine weeks, I've got eight artists of the year coming in. So that'll start January 4th and ending March 7th. And, uh, you know, we're going to be, you know, balls to the wall with, you know, a new group of, you know, artists of the year in every single week. And nice. uh, edict, the edict that I gave Chris Hansen and Brian and the guys is I want more Facebook. I want more Instagram. I want um, more YouTube. And I want, you know, it, it, instead of doing a job in, you know, three days, take four if you have to, and just document it. If a tree falls in the woods and no one's there to hear it, I want to make sure that they hear it. That, that makes sense. That makes perfect sense. Like I, like I was saying earlier, everything I've learned from you guys has been online, just constantly studying that. So I think there's probably going to be a huge influx of, 
of younger people, hopefully, um, coming up as, as CACs, as, as there's more and more of this being put out there. Yep. Yep. So it's just exciting. It's exciting times and everything else. And, and uh, I don't know, what's your plans this winter? I, I don't have any plans yet. It's going to probably be trying to do a bit of my, my dad's water feature. I, uh, I just bought a, a cargo van for the business that I'm going to wrap, and I want to do a nice build-out to, to help with the organization there. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd love to do a road trip in that van. <laughs> yeah, I saw you got a Mercedes. Yeah, yep, I got a Mercedes Sprinter, and uh, the, the high roof has got a lot of real estate for wrap and a lot of real estate for just all my stuff in there. So I'm I'm pretty excited, but... A little scary with the overhead now. Now I got some real costs I gotta pay off, but um, all it's all been been thought out. So good. Well, I encourage you to post more. I'd like to see more of your stuff and engage more. And if you look at something, give it a thumbs up so I can see Johnny Waterfalls. All right, will do, Greg. Good talking to you. All right, you take care, buddy. You too. Bye. Hey, hope you enjoyed that podcast. And if you want to subscribe to the podcast, just go to aquascapeinc.com slash podcast and tune in every Tuesday and Thursday at 4 p.m. Central Time for a brand new podcast. I love my job and I hope you can too.